each of you. We're very glad you've come to worship with us this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're especially happy to have you with us, and we invite you back to come be with us anytime you can. Before we continue in our song service, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here to worship you and to fellowship with one another. Father, we pray that the things we say and do will be pleasing to you and uplifting to us. Father, we thank you so much for the great love that you have for us, the love that extended even to the giving of your only Son to suffer and die on the cross for our sins. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have through him. Father, we ask your blessings this morning on those of our number that are struggling with health problems. Please heal them. Father, we pray for those that are lonely and discouraged. We pray that you comfort them. Father, we ask a special blessing on those people in Israel and the very difficult situation they find themselves in, please guide them, bless them, help them through this. Father, please be with us in all that we do and say this morning, bless our time here together. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Our congregational scripture reading this morning comes from Ezekiel. 34 verses 22 through 24. Shall we read together? Therefore I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I the Lord will be their God and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Our next song is Heavenly Sunlight, Walking in Sunlight. We have the sun to go with it today. Walking in sunlight, oh, Sing. 
song is entitled Blessed Assurance. By any chance, does anyone know who wrote this song? I think you can see it in small letters. <laughs> Marie's neighbor across the street, his name is Peter, Peter Costello. I'll get it right in a minute. Pete Costello. Anyway, he recently posted to me on Facebook Messenger that Fanny Jane Crosby was an ancestor of his. So in thinking of that, I chose this song today before our opening prayer. She is an amazing person. She was born March the 24th, 1920, and recently died June the 12th, 2015. She wrote over 8,000 hymns and gospel songs. Amazing. And over 100 million copies were printed. According to her autobiography, she lost her sight to an eye infection and medical ignorance at the age of six weeks. So basically her entire life, she was blind yet accomplished so much and pointing us to our Lord and Savior. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh 
Will you bow with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we approach your throne of majesty and grace, grateful for the opportunity that we have to come together to worship you. Father, there are many in this congregation that are dealing with varied medical issues, recoveries. There's folks that have recovered that we have prayers of thanksgiving to offer, but there are many more that we have that are dealing with various surgeries, recoveries, cancers, just just all the uh, difficulties of life that come with living and aging. Father, we ask that you be with those individuals that are dealing with the various medical issues and the treatments, and we ask that you be with the caregivers that are around them and the families that are around them, supporting them uh, to, to help bring them back to a measure of health. Father, we're, we're grateful that we have that blessed assurance that we know that we are gonna be there with you someday despite the evils that are present in this world and the, the conflicts that continue to arise and abate. Father, help us be the shining light and the example that you desire us to be so that the world can see some glory and light reflected from you. Father, we ask that you be with the leadership of this church. Give them wisdom and guidance as they seek to further your kingdom in this area. And Father, be with us this morning as we, need to, as we listen to a lesson presented by Matt so that we can be attentive, our hearts can be open, we can learn more about your goodness, your greatness, and how we should be able to better model ourselves after you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next song will help us prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. We gather here in Jesus' name.
I know I say this quite often. It's it's not what you're about to consume or what you're eating. It's it's the people that you share it with that makes it a feast. And uh, would you uh, join me in a, a prayer before we begin our feast together? <coughs> Heavenly Father, I was in thought this morning of, you know, do I come here, do I... Do I take this bread and wine, the emblems of your sacrifice that you, that you gave to us? Do I do it out of routine? Do I do it out of, you know, obligation? Or do I do it out of love? And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, when I was younger, it was hard to come. I always thought there was something else more important and it was it was sometimes a struggle and my, my wife was always stronger than I was and told me where I was going and I I, I thank her for that um, and now that I do it so often it it seems like a routine but I know it's more than that uh, it's I can't wait to come here and partake of this with people that we don't see each other every day, but I know they love me, and, and I love them, and a lot of them would do anything that I needed if, if, if I asked. And even though they're not in my everyday life, I, I, know they would, I know they would help. And Father, you know, I come here, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a cult, it's, it's you know, nothing that, that binds me here, no penalty if I don't come, besides being lost. But, Father, you give us free will. I can come or I could stay home or I could find many other things to do. Um, but uh, my heart just grows fonder of coming here and sharing this time with, with the ones that, that matter most. So as we take this bread, Father, let's be mindful that, that you, you did this out of love for us. You wanted us to come together. Um, it could be a lot worse routines that we do in our life. This is one of the best things we get the opportunity to do. So as we take this bread, let us be mindful of how much you love this. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we take this fruit of the vine, let us be mindful that it's your perfect plan that you, you sealed with, with the blood on that cross, Father, on Mount Calvary. That your perfect plan of having us come here every day and worship you and give thanks to you and, and you strengthen us and you want us to show your light, Father. As we take this bread, let us be mindful of the physical and mental sacrifice that you and your family had to go through. Uh, just to show us your continuous love. In Jesus' name, amen.
As we finish this, thanks, Father. This is a time that the elders set aside for us to give. Let us give with an open heart, Father. I know we could never give back as much as you've given us. But what we do give, let us give with an open heart. Let the elders be able to use these funds to show people your word and your love. I'd like to especially thank the sacrifice for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I'll be reading from John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. At this time, children second grade and younger may be dismissed for class. If it's convenient, shall we stand for our song before the lesson? I will sing of the mercies of the So we're in our series, The I Am, focusing on the I Am's of John, remembering that when we are talking about the I Am, we're talking about the exact name that God gives for himself all the way back in the time of Moses, when Moses was going to go to Egypt. He says, who shall I say sent me? And God said, I am. Tell them I am sent you. So don't forget that as we go through this. Because we're, we're trying to focus from that element. Okay, we've talked about how he's the light of the world. And last week we talked about how he's the door. And today we're talking about how he's the good shepherd. So I wanted to read with you John chapter 10, starting in verse 11. This is actually right after he says I'm the door from our text last week. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not know, who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. He's talking about the Gentiles. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock from Jew and Gentile to one flock under one shepherd. I am the good shepherd. When we were young, my family, um, we didn't have a lot of money, so we did, uh, most of our vacations consisted of us going to Ohio, to a place near Lancaster, where my, another part of my family, my great aunt Nellie, my aunt Nellie, her, her, she had a big cattle farm, and her son was the guy who took care of the whole farm. And I'll never forget, there was a time where I got to ride out with him and feed the cows, and the cows, they knew the sound of his truck. They knew the sound of his truck. You could put another car back there. You could put a four-wheeler back there. You could put anything else back there. They would not come. But if they heard his truck, they would come running to you, running to you. And as you got out, and my Uncle Larry, as he would get out, the cows, they knew they were about to get fed. And trust me, that was part of why they were running. But they were also running because they knew Larry. They knew the one who took care of them. And they wanted to see it. You know, I, I always found it interesting that he would get out of the car, he'd get out of the truck, and he would start to fill up the, the bins with food. And some would be in a hurry to go eat. Others would be in a hurry to come and get pet by Larry. They wanted, they had an emotional connection to him. And then Larry had a son. His name was Ben. He was my age. So one of the days that we were visiting, Larry said to Ben, hey, Ben, go feed the cows. Take Matt with you. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to pet some cows again today. And when you're young, that's exciting. Some of you are like, cool, a cow. Have you ever pet one? It's kind of exciting. Milk one too, but we won't get into that. When Ben came, they heard the truck. Same truck. When Ben came, they heard the truck. Listen, he's the son of the shepherd. They heard the truck, and they started running to the truck, just like the last time. And I thought, here we go. This is going to be awesome. And all of a sudden, we get to the bins. We get ready to start feed, putting the food in the bins, and the cows had stopped. And they wouldn't come closer. We called. You know, my uncle, he had a call. That he'd do for the cows. I'm not going to do it. Ben knew it. Ben knew it by heart. Ben could do it as far as I'm concerned by my ear. Exactly the same way as Larry. But the cows knew different. And they wouldn't come. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about in this scripture. See, the good shepherd, the sheep know his voice. They know it. They know when to come. They know when to stay away. They know what it sounds like to the intricate detail. It's not just the tone of the voice. It's how things are said. It's what is said. 
So I want to ask you, we're going to start right away. I'm going to ask you the most important part of this question for those of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you the most important question that you're going to hear all day today right at the beginning. Do you know the Good Shepherd? Would you be able to recognize him by his voice? And then last but not least, he laid down his life for you. Have you laid down your life for him? You say, how do I do that? Romans 6, Paul says, those who are buried in Christ have partaken in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through baptism. Have you had your sins washed away? Have you been added to the kingdom of God? Do you know the good shepherd? Now, I'm going to take you to a place that most of you probably aren't expecting today. Because we all know the shepherds about how, I mean, we all know the, the shepherds. We all know the scriptures about like sheep without a shepherd. And we can go through a list of New Testament scriptures that would go right along with the good shepherd. But I wanted to take you to the Old Testament. I want to take you to Ezekiel 34. There's also, um, I think, Zechariah 11 as well. We didn't have time to do both. But I wanted to show you what the Jew when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I am Yahweh, the good shepherd. What they would have thought of in their head, those of them that knew the scripture, those of them that were studied up in the prophecies, those of them that were actually waiting on the Messiah. I want to show you that scripture. So Ezekiel 34, and I'm going to tell you that it goes kind of all over the place, and I'm going to use almost all of it. Ezekiel 34 says this, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep? The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Do you know when Ezekiel was written? Ezekiel was written while Israel is in Babylon. So either they've been in captivity, they've been taken captive and, and brought to Babylon, they're sitting in ruins back home, or they have fleed for their life and they're scattered all over the world, all by themselves. And Ezekiel says, it was your fault, shepherds. Now, shepherds obviously means elders. We know that from Scripture. That would be good context. But shepherds in this context also means leaders. It wasn't just those who were the elders, if you will. It was the leadership of Israel that had failed its people. Many kings had failed. Many governments had failed. It was the priests, the high priests, the priestly families, the Levites. They had failed. Everybody 
that was in leadership of the Israelite people had failed. So don't miss that. It's not just the elders of your church today that this scripture is talking about. It's talking about the leaders. It's talking about the overseers. And I got news for you. Every single one of us, it's talking about the flock. It's talking about the neglect of the flock. And we all got a flock. You're part of a flock. You have a group that's your circle, your inner circle. Some of you have a big inner circle. Some of you have a little inner circle. Some of you have a medium inner circle that moves all around. But we all have a flock. And so I just want to ask, first and foremost, are you worried? Are you taking care of? Are you helping out your flock, those that God put in your life? You say, I'm not a leader. I'm not letting you get away with that excuse. We all got a flock. Parents, your kids are your flock. Grandparents, your kids and your grandkids are your flock. So quit spoiling the grandkids. No, it's okay. You can do that. You can do that. I figure it's revenge for all the times I gave my parents a hard time. Uh, all right, we skip down to verse 11. And the reason I skipped to verse 11 is because he's going to continue. He's continuing to um, explain that the shepherds, they're feeding themselves, they're taking care of themselves at the neglect of the sheep. So out of redundancy, because we have a lot of scripture to get through, I skipped that part, okay? Verse 11, for thus says the Lord God, behold, look at this. This is where it turns. This is where Ezekiel 34 becomes John 10 and becomes very, very, very relevant. For thus says the Lord God, Yahweh. Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines. And in all the inhabited places of the country, I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall there be grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. And then he says this, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. You see, this is not a new concept. This is actually an old concept. This is actually a prophetic, messianic prophetic concept. When Jesus looks at the crowd of Jews and says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will, in this verse 16, don't miss this. If you are following along in your Bible and you brought a pencil to underline or a highlighter, verse 16, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. I want you to think about these words, rescue. 
rescue from the predator, to take something from the wild beast that was prey and bring it back to pasture, rescue. I want you to think about feed, taking care of all of the needs, the physical needs, not just feed, but water. You can't live without water. He's taking care of your physical needs and lie down. Even in this crazy world, even with all the unknown going on in this world right now, Don't you have comfort? Don't you have comfort knowing who's in charge? Don't you have comfort knowing who's in control? Don't you have comfort knowing that your life, the eternal life, the, God, the promise from God, the hope that we all have, don't you have comfort knowing that no matter what happens in this world, it cannot be taken away? You know, everybody needs to be rescued. Satan is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Everyone needs to be rescued. Sometimes the person you need to be rescued from is yourself. Everybody needs to be fed and everybody needs that comfort, that place to rest their head. Now I'm asking you, are we seeking the lost? Remember that flock? Are you taking care of your flock? Are you seeking the lost in your flock? Are you bringing them back? The ones who have strayed away? Are you helping those who are dealing with injuries in their life? And we don't necessarily even mean physical. We could be talking about spiritual. You know, sometimes life hurts and sometimes life beats us up and sometimes life gets us down. Are you tending to the wounded in your flock? Are you strengthening the weak? of your flock? Are we about our master's work? Are we like the good shepherd? This is what we're trying to be. Now imagine if everybody had this exact mindset every single day of their life at this church. How much different might it be? Do you think anybody would go through an issue where they felt alone? Like, oh, nobody cares about me? No. Do you think many would stray away? If they did, not for long. Do you think anybody would feel hopeless? If they did, not for long. Are we about our master's work? All right, we're almost done. Ezekiel 34, verse 17. As for you, my flock. So if you think he's only been talking to the leaders so far, here we go. Here we go. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge. Don't miss that. God is setting himself apart from everything else. And when Jesus says to the Jews, I am the good shepherd, he is also saying, I am the judge. I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with the rest of your feet of your pasture? You must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink the clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet and, and, and must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied 
with your feet. I want you to see something else. This is more than just neglect. This is more than just neglect. This isn't like, um, you know, I just got really busy with my life and I couldn't find the time to go and feed the sheep. This is more than that. This is either spite or self-absorption or maybe even a little bit of both. But I want you to really think about this illustration that, that God has given us about these sheep. Think about it. Think about it. So you're eating in the pasture. The pasture is wonderful. The food tastes great. Everything is wonderful. You're getting your belly full. Everything is nice. And once your belly gets full, you either out of spite decide to start destroying the pasture so the rest of the sheep can't eat it. Or maybe you're just so full from the pasture and the food was so good. You just have to run a little bit because you look so good doing it. Huh? I looked pretty good doing it, didn't I? All right. What about drinking the water? Now, if you were a good sheep, of course you would come right up to the edge. Like you see, you watch the nature channel, don't you? How many times do you see animals just... That's not what they do. It's not what they do. They come right up to the edge, right? They look around. What are they looking for? Yeah, predators, duh. And they walk up and they go, and that's pretty good. So why are they going into the water? Why? Well, either they're hmm, dumb, right? And they're like, or I don't give them that pass, by the way. Or their spite. Their spite. Right? It's no different than, um, you know, back in the day before there was um, running water in everybody's house, we uh, went down to the river to do our duty sometimes, right? And you don't do it at the place where other people are going to be drawing water a little bit further down the river. Duh. But that's what these sheep are doing. They're running in, they're muddying up the water while they're drinking and they're getting the nice clear water, but everybody else has to drink the muddy water. So either they just don't care, spite, or yet again, self-absorption. I need a drink. Oh, I'm so thirsty. Don't miss it. This isn't just simple neglect. This isn't you got so busy you missed an opportunity. This isn't that. This is something different. Last but not least. Starting in verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you push with the side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. 
They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And listen to this part. We read this already. Listen. Because this is the loaded scripture in Ezekiel 34. And I will set up over them one shepherd. Isn't that what Jesus just said? He said one flock, one shepherd. My servant David. Isn't that who the promised Messiah would come from? You realize David is dead at this point. He's not talking about David the king. He's talking about the bloodline of David, the promise of the Messiah that would come. And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I've spoken. I want you to see for real what God is saying to you about his son, Jesus. I don't know if you ever get stuck watching like the little shorts and stuff in social media. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to watch them through Facebook, through TikTok, through YouTube, you name it. If you got social media, there's the shorts now. And one of the big popular things that's coming up right now is there's all these Muslims out there trying to tell you that Jesus never claimed to be the son of God. <laughs> Far from the truth. In fact, very soon we're going to talk about I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I got to tell you something right now. He is telling you he is the son of God. But I want, just from our discussions that we've had so far, I want you to see exactly what Jesus has said about himself. One, he says, I am the light of the world. I am literally the thing that gives you sight in this darkness that you live in. Without me, you can't have sight. That's the first thing he said. I am the light of the world. I've given you the sight. I am the light that your eyes use to literally see. I am the door to green pastures. And by the way, anybody else who gets in with the sheep, they're just thieves and robbers. There is no other door. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, which also in turn makes me the lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And now through that process, Ezekiel 34, he's become the prince of peace. Putting to rest the war between good and evil that wages in your soul over your soul because he has washed away your sin through the sacrifice of his son. And last but not least, he's certainly telling you he is the son of God. He literally says, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood, having your sins forgiven? Make no mistake about it. One thing that the scriptures have shown from the very beginning is that the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. But sin, to be removed, it takes blood. Not just any blood, but the blood of the unblemished, perfect lamb. 
Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit added to the kingdom of God? For those of us who have, I want to remind you one more time. You are a shepherd because you're following the good shepherd and you're trying to be like him. And he's given all of us a flock. And I just want to simply ask one more time, are we taking care of it? If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come as together we stand and sing. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate each of you being here this morning to worship with us. Uh, before we close, I have a few announcements and reminders. Some of our church family went over this morning to worship at the East Orange Church uh, on this side of Orlando. They went to encourage them. Uh, the church at East, East Orange is going through some difficult times, and I would ask that you pray for them. The food pantry donation goal for this month is 400 cans of vegetables and 400 small boxes of macaroni and cheese. If you can help with that, please do. It'll benefit many through our food pantry. Our trunk or treat celebration will be on October 28th, Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, please be a part of that. Those of you who have volunteered to serve as greeters, there will be a meeting back in room nine with Doug Gertis after we finish in here. If that uh, includes you, please go ahead back. I have a card to read. Dear North Brevard, the nice things you do are always appreciated. Thank you so much for your thoughtfulness. Thank you so much for all the cards prayers, and kind words on the passing of my mom, Adderay. The memorial service and food were wonderful. She was so blessed to be a part of the, our church family. Love, Steve, Barbara, Laura Sharp, and Lynette and Bob Geyser. Finally, uh, 
Please pray for that long list of sick that's in our bulletin. Uh, there's a very long list, and I would encourage you to take that bulletin and, and spend some time in prayer on their behalf, as well as pray for the situation in Israel. Thank you. Closing song. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid out somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't be at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If get ready to leave here today I just I ask you to motivate us motivate us to be the good shepherds that you call us to be you asked us if if we love you and if we love you feed your sheep tend to your sheep love your sheep so I pray that I pray that you motivate us to be the lights the lights not only to the lost sheep, but to the sheep that have just wandered away, to the sheep that, that are ours, that are, that are yours. I pray that we're the good shepherds that can guide them to you through faith, through love, and through compassion. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.